On this episode of the podcast, we continue our celebration of Black History Month brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. On this episode, Adrian Butler stops by. Adrian Butler is a designer of a clothing line. He is a full-time DJ. He is a father, and he is one of those guys that I could talk to for hours. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but we talked about his process. Uh, we talked about scaling a business and uh, the art of DJing a party. So I hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by McDonald's. This is Adrian Butler. Adrian, how are you, my friend? Yo, I'm great. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for... You? I, I am amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. It is always a pleasure to have you on the podcast and uh, always a pleasure to uh, get you on in the month of February to um, talk a little bit where we are in race and culture specific to the world of art and music, which is kind of where you you live. And so last time um, you've been on the, on the podcast, you've been busy. You've been doing a bunch of stuff. What have, uh, what have you been up to, my friend? <laughs> Oh man, too many things. Um, I right now, right now, I guess um, main focuses are getting all the clothing things ready for like uh, launch of of a new season uh, of of brand A clothing, um, and that's going to be happening in April. So currently, like solidifying like designs and uh solidifying like locations for pop-up shops and uh just kind of like strategy for marketing and stuff like that that's kind of going on uh pretty heavily right now um and then i've just been day-to-day -day, uh djing all over the place <laughs> just djing my ass off really. <laughs> <laughs> now, are, are, when you, you know, so when you're in this creative process, um, when you're making these designs, you're launching the spring line in April, you're figuring out pop-up shops. Are you doing this on your own or, or do you have a, a bunch of people you're bouncing ideas off of or are you just going in a lab and going, this this is what the design looks like, this is where we're going and this that's is when it's happening? Uh, that's a great question. Um, no. I do have a team. I, I have not always had a team. And so I have a, a really good team of uh, one, two, three, three consistent people. And then um, like four people that are kind of like uh, more on the periphery, more on the edges of, of things. And they kind of like come in as needed to help, but, but like a core group of three people. Um, I think I was trying to say periphery. Um, Anyway, that's uh, that's that's happening. Uh, these two people are like super awesome. It's great to have like a team. Um, I haven't always had that. Um, it's something I've wanted, but like um, you know, being a creative person too, I kind of have um, some control things. Maybe I believe um, the, believe the word I, you might I be looking ideas. the believe uh, believe the word you might be looking for is issues. Control issues is probably what you're looking for. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and then, and then also sometimes you see things in your head and you, you hear things and um, figuring out the best way to communicate those so that the people that aren't living inside your head can, can understand them too. Um, you know, I haven't always been the best at, at communicating those things. So um, really the last, the last few months I've really focused on, um, on being able to just like explain, explain what I want explain um 
the goals, explain like the bigger picture, and um, and then like letting people kind of run with like the things that they're, that they're doing. So the people that I have on my team now, I think part of the reason it works is because they're so awesome, like by themselves. You know what I mean? Like if they weren't if they weren't working with me, um, they would be doing something awesome on their own. And actually, they are doing awesome things on their own, and then they spend like some of their extra time working with me. So it's it's great. But also, I'm at a point where financially I can support um, the people that are working for me, and that's a that's a really cool thing uh, when you can when you can pay people well um, for the work that they're doing. So. And so what was, what was the process for you to find people that would fit? Because when you're an entrepreneur, you've got entrepreneurial tendencies or you've got a side hustle, whatever you, however you want to phrase it, at whatever stage in launching your own thing you are, I feel like consistently I talk to entrepreneurs and the struggle point is when they have to scale right? They, they struggle to scale because they struggle to find the right people to add in or they add in their friends and that doesn't work yeah. and it slows them down. So what was your process to find these people who have an insane amount so of, cre- I, an insane uh, amount of yeah, creativity yeah, yeah. and autonomy, right? Where to your point, like they'll go off and do stuff on their own and come back and it's what you wanted, but you didn't have to sit and micromanage them, which is something that I know because I know you very well would break your creative process. For sure, for sure. So that was that was that was key. I felt like I needed to find people that um, that knew me well, that had been that you know had, that people that were familiar with what I do, and people that were familiar with like how I how I am as a person. You know, so so these are people that um, they, they weren't best friends, they weren't like close friends, but they were uh, close enough as as acquaintances. So like they had been to my shows, they had um, they. Been like they've purchased my clothes before. Like they've been to the pop-up shops, they've been to the dance parties, they've been to the events. Um, they're familiar with like the world of like creativity that that I'm in, and then also they have experience in the things that I want them to do for me. So, um, for instance, one of the main people on the team was an event coordinator. Um, worked with um, with the company and basically sold the event space, set up the events, worked with clients, negotiating prices, um, did all of those things. So she did all those things for another company. Um, that company didn't appreciate her. Um, <laughs> and I was at the time getting busy. Um, and I knew that she was looking for something that was, you know, she, she wanted to make money doing the things that she loves to do. Um, and so... So now we uh, we're paying her to, to do them for for me <laughs> for for A B and for brand A. That's um, awesome. So yeah, so I think that's important. I have, I mean, if I could give like a learning uh, a learning experience, a piece of advice to like any other entrepreneurs, is that like yeah, like when you're scaling is really hard because it's, it's a whole different it's a whole different mindset, right? Like the things that you did to get you to the point where you are now able to scale are not the same things that you can do to grow from that point. You know what I mean? Like you, you get really good at, at this thing, you know, it's like, it's like just because a basketball player is like an amazing basketball player, like doesn't mean that they're going to be able to like coach the team. Like that's a whole different. Right. Right. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? So, so it's, it can be really frustrating, but I think what can help is if you, if you can really, 
like force yourself to like sit and like really consider like all the things that you need to have happen for for your idea for your business to scale and then just finding people that are already like awesome at those things that like to do those things you know because i think that's what gets frustrating is when you know as a person for me it's been frustrating when i've found that I've, i'm trying to fit into you know a, a a role that that i'm not super passionate about and then it, it, you know, it takes you off the path, right? Because you're you're unsettled yeah. in in that space that you're not supposed to be in in the first place, and whatever the reason is, we all find ourselves in those spaces. But it's, I think, it's how you get out of them that makes you grow in your self awareness, which is the next part that I want to talk about. Because this conversation that we're having right now was born out of the fact that you and I met accidentally forty eight hours ago at a coffee shop that neither one of us knew we would be at. <laughs> and you and you you know and yeah. we you know you and I have been friends for two decades we've we've shared a lot of memories but what I thought was interesting is you came into that coffee shop and you said a couple things that I want to talk about today uh when it comes to okay. building this business that you've built and and how that happens and and one was you said today's a family day I'm spending the day with the family but I needed to get some work done so I knew that if I would treat my wife to coffee I could handle these two things while waiting for said coffee. <laughs> and and I don't say that as a joke. I say that as a guy who understands how to manage the clock, right? Like, these things need to get done. I don't want to do them at the expense of being around my family. So in this in this moment, the pe- lots of people would... And you and I have had conversations offline, hundreds of conversations about this offline in the amount of ones and zeros you put into the machine versus the amount of ones and zeros you take out. And by that, I mean the amount of stuff you create into the world versus consume. And most people in that coffee shop were probably scrolling through Instagram, consuming content. And here you were planning your day to create something or move towards creation in the six minutes that you had to get a venti latte for your wife. I don't know if that's what she drinks, but right, like whatever you were going to get her, you were going to use every moment to count. And then the second thing that you said, and I want to, I want to hear your response to both of these things. The second thing you said is that you had recently gone in search of somebody to help you manage the next season of your life, right? Some people will call it a life coach, whatever you want to call it. Like you have the self-awareness to go, I have reached a point that I don't know how to go up the next level of the mountain. So I need somebody to help me. So let's start with the first one. Like when, when did Uh, you get, when did you get the point that you understand how to manage the clock like that so that you can keep this mythological and it is a myth, this mythological work-life balance. (laughs) Um, I, I think that um, <clears throat> I, uh, I ideally I want to have um, I want to be one of those people that um, that blocks off like three hours of time from from four a.m. to seven a.m. <laughs> before everyone wakes up yep. and and gets like all this creative stuff done. Um, but it just doesn't it just it it doesn't work like that for me. Um, so, so I, I figured out that, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to get, um, an idea that I need to like write down or sketch or, um, or throw into my notes. 
Um, but I do know that these emails are just never going to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a meeting yesterday and I Uh, said to somebody that I'm not really sure which is the worst part of modern society, the actual meeting or the email that precedes or follows said meeting. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't even know because, you know, meetings are just like, I don't know who who feels good. It makes you feel like you're about to get something done. Is that is that what it is? Is it is it like the feeling of like okay, we got this meeting. Well, and we've got our whiteboard out. You know what I mean? But I well, but, uh, I, you know, there are there are good meetings, Adrian. Right, but I think in in, in a lot of cases, we have meetings that keep us from doing the work because that's a convenient excuse to not do it. Right, like there are product, oh, yeah. Yeah, there are productive yeah. meetings that you get out of that meeting. And you go, man, that was awesome. I we we accomplished a lot of stuff, and now I have a list of things to do. And then there are meetings that feel like we just wasted, we just wasted and or hid behind an hour of time. And you know, I would imagine for somebody like yourself, time is almost or probably more valuable to you than money. Yeah, it is. It is. It is, and that's that's why that's why I started doing this thing that you saw me doing at, at the coffee shop because because I realized that right like um you know the 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 lack, like like being able to respond to people and being able to answer questions um through email being able to um to move like like you said to move things forward um and make decisions and communicate those decisions um like that's that's huge, and I, yeah, I don't. It's time is time is valuable, and with the way we view time is differently. Is, is we view time as as fathers that have families. Like I think we view time differently than obviously than our kids do. You know, our kids don't. Our kids don't like when we get home. Our kids aren't like, oh, dad, you're home. I'm so glad to see you. But I know that you probably have like. At least like five emails that you probably should attend to <laughs> before you talk to me. So I'd like you to just like go hang out in the office, and and we're just gonna hang out out here. And when you're ready, um, in about thirty minutes or so, just we'll come knock on the door and and check in on you, and then maybe we can talk about the day. They don't do that. They're like waiting for you to get home, and they have like their snow pants on. It's like they want to go sledding. Like as soon as you walk through the door. Yep. <laughs> so, like, so, so you have to like, uh, it's it's just a necessary thing. I think like if I if I want to spend like quality time with my kids and quality time with my family, quality time with my wife, quality time with my friends, like I have to like get as many of these little things done, as many of these emails done, like in any time that I have. You know what I mean? Like so that it's not just sitting there waiting for me at the end of the day. And so let's. I'm not going to do it once. Right. Well, so so two questions, two follow-up questions. That have you thought about automating the email part of your life so you don't have to do it at all? Like a virtual, a virtual assistant or one of the people that's working for you to handle all of that stuff. You know what? You know, I I have thought about that, but I'm also like one of those. um, I like to be personal and connect with people, and. I, I like that as well. I try to do that with the, with the emailing as well. So I, I don't know. I do have, a, I, you know, I have someone that answers a lot of emails for me now um, on the preliminary side of things. And, um, 
there is there is there is a little bit of automation that happens, but not to the level that you that you're talking about. Sure, um, I'm not there, and I have. I'll, now that you said this, I'm going to think about it more. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 you know, with what I do, because what I do is so personal to me. You know what I mean? Like my DJ sets. Uh, there's like some there's this personal. It's it's a personal like art form. It, it, the, the things I design is like personal. Like, so like when people are approaching me about things in that world, like there's a lot of feelings and emotions attached to it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot it's of people, nice. a lot of people may misunderstand the art of the modern DJ given the, the backdrop of, of current musical tastes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes into making a set list no matter where you are because essentially if it's a wedding or a bar mitzvah or a company party or a club gig you're creating a soundtrack for that person's night day afternoon morning right mm-hmm. and that you know that exactly. that requires some understanding of not only human psychology but understanding of what songs are they going to remember that will make this a meaningful experience because if if, right. if it was just a throwaway thing, we wouldn't do it at every wedding, either a live band or a DJ. We would just have no music and we would, you know, cut the cake and be on, you know, get on with it. Right. And so talk to me a little bit about that process of, of DJing, right? You said you said at the top of this that you've been DJing your ass off. What sort of things are you doing and, and is that stuff, is that fulfilling for you at mm. this point? You know, where are you finding joy in the music? What does that stuff look like? I'm finding lots of joy in uh, creating um, in, in the transitions um, of, of, of of like, so what I mean by that is like um, transitions that are like part of the event. So like maybe there's like an outline of the event or like the event wants to start out chill and it wants to move towards a dance party or whatever. So like, like, the trend, like, how is that going to happen? You know what I mean? Yep. Without, you know, like, how, how is that going to happen and how is it going to feel natural? Like, what's the natural and best way for that to happen? So figuring that out um, is fun, but also the transitions of, like, song to song to song to song um, or sometimes song to beat to drum loop to um, vocal loop to, like, layering a couple of songs that you would expect to layer over the top of each other and like adjusting like um you know the EQ so that it, it actually sounds like pretty sweet you know what I mean so like right. um a lot of that stuff you know because like you know like we all know um we all know that like you know if you drop something by Cardi B at the right party it's going to be the banger of the night and everybody's going to know all the words and they're all going to want to like sing and dance to that song but like what makes what I what I think is the challenge is do it, when, when do you play that song? What what do you play after that song? And what do you play before that song? Like, how do you get into that song? How do you get out of it? And how do you keep that energy from from that song, like, throughout the night now, right? Because you don't want to be like, we've all been there, right? When, when the DJ plays the one song that's good and all those other songs suck. <laughs> Well, and and what you know, what's interesting about that, right? Because we've all been in that situation, and you know, as I'm thinking in my head, 
about those transitions, what pops in my head that I find really interesting is, so you drop anything from Cardi B right now because she's red hot and, and the club, the bar mitzvah, the wedding, the corporate event will go up a level energy-wise. If you Depending on where you are, right, there's a fairly good chance that in 80% of those same arenas, if you drop Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me, the exact same thing will happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and yeah. That, yeah. that becomes a really interesting way to talk about music and its power and when it's used where, to your point, about what, how do you come out of that and make sure that you don't kill the energy, but also make sure that you don't burn through all of the songs that will do that so that you're not mm-hmm. stuck at 1030 at night going, well, I don't know what else to play. <laughs> so right, right. No, so no, no. here's something from the Jackson 5, right? <laughs> I think, man, I think that, um, I think you're exactly right. And I think that um, part of it is, um, I guess another thing that, that that we should talk about, because that was surprising, right, that you talked about Cardi B and you talked about um, Def Leppard, Um is the fact that like people are listening to a lot of a lot of things right now. Yeah, well, like, right. Yeah, I mean, not, people are listening to like all kinds of, of of stuff at the same time. So, it, 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 while it was surprising to me that you said Def Leppard, like I think that same idea can happen in DJ sets where where like the logical thing when you're playing Cardi B is to play another hip hop song. Right? Sure. Or yeah. play another trap yep. song. Yep. Or or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, like what if you can what if you have like a remix and you can surprise people with something that, that they didn't expect to have happen after Cardi B. You know what I mean? Um and I think that's 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 what's that's what's fun is like when, when you can when you can drop a song or drop a moment or drop a beat or, or or a section of a song or whatever it is that's like surprising and and the only reason that it fits is because it takes the energy and, and keeps it going or, or raises it a level. You know what I'm saying? So like on paper, it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound like it would work. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. But then when you, but then, but then you do it, you're like, Whoa, everybody went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like if, like, for, oh man, one of the best things, I always remember this is I was DJing this, um, I was DJing this high school prom, like, wow, probably like 10 years ago. Um, and, and like, it's a, it's a, it's an urban inner city school. So, you know, depending on how politically correct you want to be, it was black. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, but, so with that, so like, we're doing like all the new hip hop, like Lil John, you know, Ying Yang Twins, you know, Franchise Boys, like all of this, like, um, you know, you know down like like southern that sort of stuff and then there was a break and i dropped nirvana so like teen spirit and people lost their minds and it's just it was just like one of the best things i've seen like to see like something like that working you know what I'm saying and the energy from that song working and making everybody jump around and and these being kids that like when you look at them and you see you, you see them, you're not going to think that, oh, when you drop Nirvana later at this party, these kids are going to go crazy. You know what I mean? So what? So in that specific moment, if you can think back 
to that day. What made you think that that was the transition you should go for? <laughs> um, the, the reason that I thought I could do it is because um, we had established like uh, some trust <laughs> between DJ and and crowd. You know what I mean? And um, we we uh, the vibe just felt right. It just felt like it would work. Because the kids were having fun, and, sure. and I was having fun, and and we were we were on the same page, and so I felt like I felt like they were going to go with me if I if I if I went to that, and and the energy, the, it, it was not like uh, it wasn't like oh, you know, because this this is this is this is ten years ago. This is when I didn't I couldn't look at the um, the key of the song and see like right. oh, well, at least the key is <laughs> yep. matched, right. <laughs> You're like, so I don't know, everything like, that everything that little John made is at the same BPM, I'll just play them all in a row. So Yeah. This is this was just like, you know what, like I don't think I'm gonna start with the guitar, but I think I'm gonna start with the drum. And the drum is heavy and it has a lot of energy. You know what I'm saying? That yep. little yeah. And so um and that energy is, is going to carry over from the energy of the last song. And they're already going hard, they've been going hard, they've been going hard. Let's switch it up and, and like see. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like I, I could get out of a song. Like, this is not what Sure. I think this will work and let's try it. Um and I think that's the thing too, is that like taking risks, um, you know, in the moment. Um it's just fun. And what do you it's think it's fun and it's like and it's like and it's like you gotta do it because because like if you don't, you know, if it doesn't work you can you it didn't work, but like if it does work, now you have now you now you have more now you know, you know what I mean? Now you know that, like, you can do this with a crowd. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've essentially, in a musical sense, spread your horizon, right? You've, you've now got a bigger surface area to play with if you can go all the way from southern rap, crunk music to Nirvana. Now you've got a, a much bigger surface area to play with as a DJ. Mm-hmm. And so, but let's talk about that for a second. What What is it about the the way you came up in the world the way your um teenage years were whatever that is that that gave you that ability one to understand that there has to be trust between a musician and artist or whatever and their audience and two that fearlessness of of wanting to try those sorts of things to see what happens the experimentation those those sorts of moments what do you, what do you think like do you have any sense of where that comes from or came from? Wow. Um, being in church and um, growing up in church and um, listening to, like, you know, what I didn't realize at the time was, was a really awesome uh, gospel choir. I just kind of took it for granted is that, like, we go to church every Sunday and listen to music, you know what I mean? Sure. Um but 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 really, um, really, that's when I started paying attention to like drummers, and paying attention to like how how the drummer would do different things throughout the songs, because a lot of the songs are repetitive, right? Like there's a lot of like, you know, short verse, and then the chorus just goes on and goes on and goes on, and especially by the end of the song, like you know, the energy level is is, is typically far higher. Um, and, and just so, so, so paying attention to like the drummers and the beats. Um, and then also, also, 
you're hearing the same song. Like, in the, in the course of a year, you go to church every Sunday, like, I'm hearing the same song. Like, if I look at, like, well, in June, they're saying this song, and then, like, you know, you want them to sing it again. And then, so, like, you're, I'm hearing the same song multiple times in, in a year, right? And then I'm noticing that, well, last time they did this song, it was so hype. Everybody, like, the church was, like, on level 10 trillion, you know what I'm saying? Like, people were screaming, like, I love you, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah, like, everywhere. Now this time they're doing it. It's the same song. It's the same musician. It's the same people singing. It's the same director. But, like, nobody's energetic. You know, like, why is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, like, 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 why was it, why was it a hit, like, three months ago? Right. <laughs> now it's not. You know, and so and so so that was like one of the things that was like 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 then then starting to realize like like oh maybe um maybe we're not connecting with this choir director because like we we found out he was having a legitimate relationship with sure right with, uh, you know what I'm you know like well, like what are the you know what I mean and like and like oh so like we know that he's like that he was been lying for a while, you know what I mean? Like that's that's a trust thing, you know what I mean? Yep. Um and and it's affecting how we're relating to the song as as a as a as a congregation, you know what I'm saying? Um but then but then, you know, and then and then three years later, when this when this choir director comes out and and and, and, and divulses everything and, and and seeks forgiveness and, and you know, begins the reconciliation process with his family and, and, and all that stuff. And I know that now they're doing the same song and now the reaction is there. You know what I'm saying? Um, or, or like what the person is, is, is talking about, you know, like how are they, is there an intro to the song? You know what I'm saying? Can they like kind of giving you a background of like how they felt, like or how they feel, or what the song makes them feel? You know what I'm saying? Is that like what's going to create like more of a bond with? With the audience, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I just feel like the connection to the audience and, and, and the audience trusting you, like, that's something that, like, I didn't realize I was picking up on um, back then. But, like, now, looking back on it, I, I can see that. Um, and then also also just um, seeing other DJs and, 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 and going to other people's shows and going to a most deaf show, right? In 19, in, in the year 2000, going to most deaf. And, and knowing that he's going to perform black on both sides and most deaf also has a live band and then having most deaf come out. And the first song that most deaf, the first song after he performs his first like song from his album, after he performs um, like hip hop or whatever, the first song he does is a sting cover and it's Roxanne. Wow. And, and then being like, wait, what? <laughs> right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 wait, hold up! Like, I came here to see this this thing, and he's doing Roxanne, and then and then realizing that like you like this version of it, and that like this is obviously a song that he likes a lot too. You know what I'm saying? And he's obviously into it, so then you kind of go with him because you're like, I, I've already, you know, I'm, I'm, I was with you before I, I got to the show. You know what I mean? I was I was, I was listening to the album for six months, like on repeat. You know what I mean? So, um, and now you're you're going in this direction, like. It, it it caught me off guard, but like the energy is there, and it and it's and it it feels it feels right. You know what I'm saying? And then so, and, and that understanding of trust, assuming 
bleeds over into your business life, right? Understanding that the consumer has to trust you. Your team has to trust you. The people you're going to, to the pop-up shop have to trust you and yeah, kind of building off that. I don't, I don't know how other, I, I don't, I, that's, that's, that's so true, man. And, and I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I wish that, um, that I didn't take <laughs> some of this stuff personally. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I didn't. Because then, because I'm like, you know, like, what? How awesome would it be to have like this brand that like people didn't have to like they didn't know that you were the one behind it. You know what I mean? And you just made all this money selling these shirts, and and no one no one cares. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's, there's those brands out there that are like that, that are like great brands that people buy into and people trust, but they have no idea who the who, who originated the band? Who originated the brand? You know what I mean? Sure. And 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 even when they do know, it's, it it ends up being like some person that they don't even really care. I mean, like you were North Face, you were Patagonia. Well, Patagonia is not a good example right now, but North Face is a good example. Like I don't know. Like does it, do we know the face behind North Face? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, like, we, well, and I think some of those brands do that with with intention right because if there's a change at the top then north face doesn't have you know an example oh, sure. you know example would be um mcdonald's if mcdonald's leaned only in to ronald mcdonald and let's say ronald mcdonald got hired away from burger to, you know to burger king that would be a problem in the same way that you For know sure. Nike doesn't have a face and North Face doesn't have a face and you know Apple sort of has a face and you see how that takes a while to recover when you lose Steve Jobs and you move to Tim Cook it takes a while to reestablish that this guy is now the face of this brand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I think that's why larger brands that you're referring to the Nikes of the world don't have a face they might go with an athlete in whatever sector for a while or some sort of influencer, but then they, they change that on a fairly regular basis because that's just how the brand is going to identify with real humans without having the brand act as a real human. For sure. Well, dude, this is, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, and I know you, you sort of got a hard stop. So I want to, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if people want to reach out to you and they want to, uh, you know, talk about the, the line you're launching in April or booking you for DJs or wherever, where can they find you? Oh, that's a great question. So everything ad.com is, uh, the website that kind of, um, has all the, all the, all the pertinent information. Um, but I really just am enjoying Instagram right now. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> real, real quickly before I, I mean, before I let you go, can you can you kind of give people the elevator pitch of the change you did in December ish um, that has kind of changed the way you look at that platform? Wait, what's that now? Well, I mean, you you've been having fun on Instagram because you kind of changed the way in which you use it, and I just wondered if you could talk oh, a little bit yeah, about yeah. like your just your well, decision to use it differently and what you were going to do, and how that has kind of changed the way that you love Instagram. Yeah, yeah, man. I um, I just, I just, I just was getting sick of like all the captions that were like, you know, ten paragraphs of 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 like 
bloggers or influencers like talking and just talking and talking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and finding joy in every snowflake that touches the ground. You know what I mean? Like it's like all these like 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 I just I just I just I just find it kinda I found it kinda funny. So um I connected with a photographer and um you know it okay. Another thing about that is that yes, that stuff is funny. Yes, lots of people follow people that do that. Um, yes, you need content as an artist, as a um, as a public figure, um, as as a as a podcaster. You know what I'm saying? As a as a designer, as a DJ, like we definitely need to have content. We definitely need a platform to express ourselves, express our ideas. Um, so I'm really, but I'm really interested in like the push and pull there where like you need this, you need to, you need to make money. You need to, you need to give your supporters, um, pieces of you through Instagram, but you also need to be real and need to, um, be like honest and authentic to yourself. Um, so I just, I just wanted to reset and, and just, and, and go with like the exact opposite of what everyone was doing that I was getting in my feet. You know, everyone was, was, was lots of words, lots of words, lots of sentences, scroll down and keep reading and keep reading. So I just did a series of photos. We did one photo a day, myself and one photographer. Um, and we did no caption. Um, we just numbered, we numbered the photos. Um, and that was a way for me to kind of reset and um, allow myself to like kind of think about what I want to post from my page and how I want to post it. Which, since I'm thinking so much about the post, now the stories um, for me have become more of the like just fun, random. If I if I ate a taco and it's still on my shirt and I think that that's funny then I'm going to post a picture about that, you know what I'm saying? Or yep. whatever, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, and then the stories have become the way that like, I've, I've, I find myself being more engaging, you know what I mean? Um, in, in more real ways with like the people that are, that are commenting on the stories. Um, the people that are asking me questions about the stories and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, because I just felt like, oh, the other thing I felt, I feel like is happening a lot is, you know, the comment section is the place where whoever's following you that wants to look cool to whoever's following them, you know what I'm saying? Um, if they feel like there's some social gain to be had by, by making some comments in, in your, in your section, that's where they're going to do it. You know what I mean? 100%, my friend, 100%. So, okay. If people want to follow you on Instagram, what, uh, is that everything? What is it again? <laughs> AB AB is Adrian Butler. AB is I S A D R I A N B U T L E R. All right, my friend. As always, a pleasure. I want to do this again. Yeah, do this again. This was great. I but anytime you want to come back on, let's do it. Yeah, this is great. How we said it was going to be twenty minutes. We doubled it. It's okay. They get it's more value for them, right? Exactly. All right, friend. Exactly. Be well. I love you so much. Love you too, buddy. <laughs>